0: No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall Bringing forth the written word of God to one and all Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. I believe this Friday, <clears throat> today, will be a great day for each one of us personally to take an account <clears throat> of where we are in our hearts and in our minds about the moment we're living in, our internal environment of our heart and mind. Okay, so uh, we're going to cover a lot of ground. I want to say, uh, good morning to everybody joining into the broadcast today, but I, I always, you know, after it's such, a, it's such a journey with the Lord, how many of you know that the, the, the barnacles could get on the ship when you're traveling through the Sea of Life? How many of you know that there are things that could get on you, you know, that you carry around with you? And sometimes when we uh, fail to recognize or ignore uh, some of the things going on that we are blinded to certain things. And throughout my Christian journey or my journey as a Christian, there have been these wonderful moments where Holy Spirit just says, let's take a look. Let's find out where your heart is. Let's find out where your mind is and what's going on in the inward parts of your being. And so I always have referred to one particular chapter in scripture. And again, this is not to undermine The moment that we're in, this is not to ignore it, be distracted from it, but sometimes we can ignore and be distracted from something that is more important than the external events going on in our lives. And I trust that you're doing well today. I trust that you as a son and a daughter of the Most High God have been feeding yourself with the Word of God, or you have been connected to a place where you are being fed with the Word of God, and the feeding of the Word is bringing a transformation to your life. We can ignore that. We could think that somehow that's a secondary thing. But let me assure all of the brethren out there today, and reminding myself absolutely, that the most important thing going on in this world right now is not happening in Washington, D.C. The most important thing in the world right now is not what's going on outside. It's what is going on in the ecclesia, it is the more important thing to God's mind, okay? Maybe maybe not ours. We haven't caught up with God's mind yet. And while God is a God of salvation, and he loves the whole world, and he's demonstrated that love by giving his Son to this earth, it is to those who have received his Son, it is to those that have believed in his Son that constitute his ecclesia, the called-out ones, his church, the body of Christ. And I sincerely genuinely believe that what is going on on the inward parts of one of God's children, one of the members of God's family is way more important than what is going on in the world. So father God is building his house. Father God, the word, the scripture is very clear that we are his house. And so he's building his house. He wants a dwelling place. He wants a habitation. And to him, That is more important. He understands that mankind is going way out of whack. Mankind rejecting the gospel, resisting the word of God, operating in their flesh, their carnal mind, it's never going to work. And God knows that. But it's to those who come to him in humble contrition by faith, receiving the grace of God, that he's doing his eternal work within. And so I want to refer to a passage of Scripture to begin the broadcast today, and then we're going to take a real solid look at what's going on in the world. We want to see and understand what is happening in the world right now and where we as Christians are to be positioned in this moment. All right, so join me, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I believe it's just a good place to start today, and I'm going to ask you as children of God, to let the word penetrate your heart. I'm going to allow the word to penetrate my heart. It is examination time. It's inward introspection. Uh, It is examining ourselves to see whether or not we are in the faith. And so let's get into the word and start here. And here's what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and intended by the Holy Spirit to speak to all Christians of every age and to you and I today though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. All right, let's say we have the gift of tongues to speak languages all over the world. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? And have not charity, and let's just make it clear that charity is the agape or the agapeo. It's the affectionate love, the affectionate love. If I do not have the affectionate love, but I could speak with tongues of men and of angels... I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Simply said, we know it, it's that our words are empty. They have no meaning. There's no value to what we are speaking if we're not speaking in love. Now, is there anything wrong with speaking with the tongues of men and of angels? Is there anything wrong with being able to speak or interpret all the languages of the world or have a heavenly language? Not at all. Not at all. But if there's no love in my heart while I'm doing that, I mean, I could put on display the gift. I could go to church. I could put it on display. I could, I could just let it rip. And boy, that sounds so holy and righteous. And that's so religious. You know, that's so intense. But the, the question is not the gift. It's the attitude of my heart. Do I have love in my heart? It's not talking about anything but love here. So verse two says, and though I have the gift of prophecy, wow, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. So if I understand, if I have the gift of prophecy, what is that? It is the ability to know what is coming. It is a foretelling of events. Okay, so if I have the gift of prophecy and I'm able to see to the future and declare what is coming and it's accurate, or if I understand all the mysteries, man, if I could open up this word and I could find, you know, the the secret meaning of something or the hidden meaning of something that is the secrets, uh, the mysteries, that's awesome. Right. Or if I have what all knowledge in other words, I, I have knowledge, and I, I know what it is. I know what's happening. I know. I just understand. I, I, I have the knowledge. So these things are there. And though I have all faith, I'm full of faith. Man, I've got more than a grain of a mustard seed. I have all faith so that I could remove mountains. I mean, I have mountain-moving faith. I have knowledge, I have understanding, I have uh, prophecy, I have the ability to speak in tongues, I have this ability to speak in languages of the world. But if I have, and have not charity, again, affectionate, benevolent love, agapeo love in my heart, if I don't have it, I am nothing. I'm nothing. That's amazing. Is God saying, or is Paul saying through, uh, God saying through Paul today that we should not operate in the gifts that God has given us? Absolutely not. We should have all these things available. We could have all these things available. But are they the most important thing? He said, no. He said, if you had all these things, but there's no agape, affectionate, benevolent love for God, for the body of Christ, and for the nations of the earth, then we are nothing, zero, okay? And verse three says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, that's very honorable. I take all my stuff, I give it to the poor, I feed the poor, very honorable. Should we stop doing that? Not Absolutely not. Should we stop asking God for prophecy and the gifts of the spirit and to know knowledge, to seek revelation, to have understanding? Absolutely not. But if I do that and I give all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, boy, you talk about religious zeal. I would rather burn, you know, uh, before the eyes of men. And I have not charity. It profits me nothing. One of the things that always marveled my thinking about this passage is, man, how could you do all that stuff and not have love? I mean, how could you give everything you have to the poor And that not be love. How could you, you know, have mountain-moving faith? And how could that not be love? Or how could I give my body to be burned? I mean, that's obvious love, right? But no, obviously it's not. Because you could do all these things and yet not have the agape, affectionate, benevolent love for mankind, for God, for people everywhere, for ourselves. So, in other words, zeal, religion— and it's very easy to go back and read the scriptures, how Jesus was talking to the scribes and Pharisees of his day and how they had, you know, all this stuff that they were doing externally. And, and yet Christ was just telling them, no, you, your hearts are hardened. You're, 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 you're not walking in the love of God. And so we could look at them and say, well, there it is. But what about ourselves? What about allowing this word to penetrate our hearts? And that's what I'm doing today. I want examination because we've been talking about a lot of stuff that's going on in the world and things going on in our country, and there have been passionate pleas, and there have been uh, the, the seeking to understand what side of the moment we should all be on. But if we lose heart of this, what does it matter? What will it matter? It's, it, it, this kind of stuff has been around from the beginning of time. This isn't the first time that Washington, D.C. Is, is being caught in this snare or the hypocrisy is being revealed or war is being you know, looming over the horizon. This is not the first time. Mankind, 6,000 years of mankind's history proves that these things exist. But what's important for you and for me is the eternal purpose of God and that I don't want to and I don't think you want to miss the mark. In this moment, I don't think we want to get so involved with what's going on in the world to the degree that I've lost my love. I'm operating in the Gipsings. I've got zeal. I'm ready to lay my life down. I'm ready to go to war. I'm ready to battle it out. You know, I'm going to prophesy. I know what's coming. I've got the knowledge. I've got the wisdom. I've heard it all. And yet, I could lose my soul eternally. This that's going on before our eyes right now is momentarily. It's temporary. It's not always going to be forever. My soul, on the other hand, has been designed by the creator to live forever. And what is my soul? It's my mind, my will, my emotions, my memories, my thoughts, my intellect. It's all of it. It's who I am. And if I allow the times or I allow, you know, all the... uh zeal and gifts and all of that to um, take me away from acknowledgement of love. And that is true about Christianity. Christianity is based upon love. It's, it's It's the greatest, strongest, toughest man in the universe, Jesus Christ, a carpenter, laying his life down for the whole human race because of love. His love for God, his love for creation. And you and I, as Christians, are called to love. In our humanity, it's very easy to get drawn into the conflict. It's very easy to get drawn into a frustration and exasperation and a tension that creates an internal environment that is not loving. And when we begin to recognize that beginning to take place in us, we need to really carefully examine that and deal with it in other words the most important thing in your life the most important thing in my life according to this passage is that we are operating living in the agape love of jesus christ does that make us weak no does that disengage us from our being salt and light in the earth absolutely not it is just an examination do I love my enemy? Do I love my brother? Do I love my neighbor? Do I love myself? Most importantly, do I love God? Do I love? Do Is love in my heart? It's not that there isn't a call for justice. It's not that there isn't a righteous anger. I mean, we could go through all of those and say, man, I'm justified in feeling the way I'm feeling, but we're really not unless that justifiable anger is also coming out of a agape, affectionate, benevolent love that carries with it mercy and grace and kindness to even our enemies, okay? So, you know, we say a lot of things, we get caught up in the heat of the moment, and again, I just thought if I died today, is my heart in a good condition, Am I walking in the love of God? And when we get behind a microphone and we seek to inspire others and we want to talk about what's going on, it's also just as important to say to you, is your heart at peace with God? Because the love of God is operating in your soul. So moving on just a little bit further in verse 4. Charity, love, unconditional, benevolent, affectionate love suffers long. And by the way, I never finish this up. If I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. So we don't want to be unprofitable. So again, charity, love, suffers long. So there you have long suffering. It's patient. Uh, it's not quick-tempered. It doesn't react immediately. Uh, there's there's a, a reality, not just in the realm of, <clears throat> I have the ability to wait things out. No, it's more than that. It's, it's an ability to wait things out Hoping for the very best, longing for the love to dominate the situation, longing and hoping that love will overcome, that love will do something to change the situation. And that's basically what, you know, people are waiting for. You know, it's long suffering. Man, I want to administer, you know, justice and discipline, but I'm really suffering long here. I'm holding back. I'm waiting for love to overwhelm the situation and to change the outcome or to change what will be so it's a long suffering and love is that way and love is kind according to verse four is kindness in my heart do i find myself being itchy edgy um you know quick tempered am i finding myself saying things that aren't kind maybe you know saying things i i I just kind of heard it myself last night uh, having fun with a friend, but saying something that it just wasn't kind, and it wasn't intended not to be. It was that, that kind of, uh, you know, street talk kind of thing. Oh, yeah, well, you know, and it, it was fun, but it wasn't right, and so I noted that immediately when I got home last night, and everybody was laughing. We're having a good time, but it wasn't kind, and love is always kind, Love always carries kind tones. Love envies not, and I think that's a huge one. So we, we got to make sure that when we're, we're kind of proactive in resisting or doing, that it's not coming out of an envious heart. We don't want to be envious. And love does not envy. Charity envies not. You know, wanting what other people have. It's not that secret, you know, standing back the green eyed monster idea of wanting what other people have or whatever the question is, or or, or being upset by the fact that somebody's doing better than us, um, or that God is favoring them, or it appears at that moment more than ourselves. Envy is a horrible spirit. I've heard a lot about it. Envy and strife and bitterness they all kind of run together scripturally. So, but en- uh, love does not envy. I mean, it just says. Love envies not. There is no envy in love. Love is always what? Look what it says. Love vaunteth not itself. In other words, it doesn't put itself on display and look at me and you know, stick out the chest. It's not that way. It's a very humble love.